folks, and welcome to the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. I'm Charlie Burris. I'm regularly here with my co-host and A to Z Sports Tennessee writer Zach Reagan. Uh, but this is going to be a little uh, solo, solo dolo episode with yours truly. I'll talk about that in just a second. But wherever you listen throughout the world. We thank you so much for listening to us. Zach and I talk everything balls every week here on the Big Orange Podcast. And if that sounds good to you, make sure that you go over and subscribe to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed on iTunes and Spotify. The A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed on iTunes, Spotify. All of our new episodes drop there every single Monday morning at 7 a.m. And if you subscribe, you won't miss a thing. Plus, you get the Titans Podcast, Preds Podcast. You get the regular A to Z Sports Podcast and Buck Rising's uh, podcasts over there. It's an incredible lineup. So go uh, subscribe, rate, review, yada yada. I'm at Charlie underscore Burris on Twitter. Zach, when he is here, is at Zach TNT at A to Z Sports on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com slash A to Z Sports Nashville, and A to Z Sports Nashville.com for all of the stuff that everybody over there writes and the content that they produce. All right, let's get to it. First things first, Zach. Uh, had just some family stuff he had to attend. He just kind of got uh, a little overwhelmed with some some stuff that is going on. No emergencies, thankfully. Nothing nothing bad going on. He just had stuff he had to do. So I am uh, heading this one up solo. Now, I have not done a solo uh, podcast, radio show, anything like that in quite some time. Now, I've done a lot of them in my time. Uh, in in sports media when I used to do that as a full-time job, but I have not done it, I would say, in some number of years. So forgive me if this ends up sounding uh, terrible, but bear with me. Hopefully, I, I still got it. I used to really be able to <laughs> to bang out a, a a decent show by myself. At least a few people listened back then and, and put up with it. So Maybe I can still do it here. Essentially, what we're going to break down on today's show, I'm going to do some mid-season grades for what we've seen out of, of Tennessee through five games out of a 10-game season. Going to grade uh, essentially every position group plus the coaches and break that down and just give you my opinion. And then we're going to end with a podcast question that I had uh, that I posted for that's uh, essentially about the the balls being in the middle of their season we're going to discuss that and then discuss everything that you guys said in response to that question that I put on social media and and I'll just start by uh, addressing this in the current week in Tennessee football for the first time in I guess four weeks ish now Tennessee did not lose a football game because they didn't play one it was the bye week, I think, pretty much. If you're listening to this and you're that big of a Tennessee fan, you uh, probably know that, I would guess. But Tennessee did not play this week. They played against bye, and they came out uh, without a loss, but also without a win. A, g- a good time, I, I I would say, the timing of the bye week was pretty, I don't want to say ideal, because things are not good. Nothing is really ideal with Tennessee football right now. Um but the timing uh, was not bad because things have really been sailing south for Tennessee and things needed to to let up a little bit. And I think the bye week provided sort of a, a little bit of a 
a reset. Hopefully, hopefully it can provide a reset. Uh, I'll say that. Now we did get to see some comments from Jeremy Pruitt. I'm going to talk about one of those in, in just a second. Um, but in general, I think there was a set of things that Tennessee fans were looking for during the bye week. And it's it's tough to really say if these things have happened because the media has not had access, still does not have access to practice sessions in person. We just get kind of the video, the, the produced video that Tennessee's official uh, media folks produce for us. And so we just, that's all we really get to see is through that lens. So I'm not sure exactly what's happening, but we can go off of what Pruitt says also. I would, in the same sense, I would take that with a grain of salt because I think Jeremy Pruitt keeps a lot of stuff close to the vest. While he's pretty, um, I, 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 in a general sense, I, I kind of like his candor usually. He he doesn't really bug me with his press conferences, and I, I like that. At the same time, he, he I don't really think about his press conferences because he keeps everything just wrapped up. He just doesn't like to let out any of that. So if you want to know what's happened during the bye week, I would uh, put it this way. Your guess is as good as mine. But uh, Pruitt did have a press conference and just wanted to talk about one quote that came up. I posted about it on social media, made a little comment, and then some other people I saw commented on it too. And it it was, sorry, this wasn't a press conference. This was on vault calls. But he did. He gave press conference and was on vault calls. So this was on uh, vault calls with Bob Kessling on on the, the big radio station in town. Pruitt said, um, we, we've worked very little this week on Arkansas, if any. We got to fix us before we start worrying about somebody else. And again, that was on Vol Calls, kind of a radio show that's, that's meant to really be sort of a PR machine uh, for Pruitt, frankly, and, and just produce good headlines. Um, but people read this, and they kind of went, ugh. That's a little Butch Jones-ish. To, to me, that's not the first thing that came to mind. I did not immediately think, ooh, that sounds like a Butch quote. I think people read it and they said, we this specifically this type of language, we got to fix us before we start worrying about somebody else. That's the type of stuff that, that Butch used to say. And you kind of go, uh, how about you concentrate on Arkansas? And that was my response to it initially. I kind of said, this is an interesting quote. Um because Arkansas is the biggest game of Jeremy Pruitt's career, and we're going to do a little Arkansas preview before the end of this show. I should have mentioned that, too, in the lineup. I'm going to preview the Arkansas game, tell you a little bit about them, what might happen in this upcoming game. I'll give my prediction, but uh, this is the biggest game of his career, and it's not really close. Now, you could really say, oh, well, every week's the biggest game of his career. You're zero and zero every week. That's we'll talk about a Butch Jones uh, quote there. We're zero and zero every week. You just want to go one and oh each week. Ugh. Yeah. Throw that out. Anyway, um, this is when I look at this game. First of all, it's winnable. Arkansas is two and three, just like Tennessee. They have a brand new head coach. Sam Pittman's been doing a good job, but they're, you know, they're right in the middle, just meh. They're kind of a meh team. Tennessee's a meh team. You got to win this one. And you got to win it because 
it should, should provide a springboard to the rest of the season and could really dictate perhaps what happens for the rest of the season and could dictate things like mm, who starts at quarterback. It could dictate things like the psyche of the team, which I think is really important right now and sort of the momentum that they feel and the confidence that they feel in themselves that could really uh, make a difference in, in a good amount of that. This game is so important. And at the, in the same way that it could work positively in all of those ways, I, I think if you lose to Arkansas, especially if you lose to Arkansas the way that you lost to Kentucky where they just they grind you down and embarrass you, it could, I don't want to say it's the beginning of the end. That's presumptuous. There's a lot of games left. There's five games left, you know. To say it's the beginning of the end is presumptuous, but to have the second half of the season coming up, that's not good. Not good at all. And we had the discussion last week about whether Jeremy Pruitt is now on the hot seat and everything. You can go back and, and listen to that. Uh, it was a good episode. We got a ton, a ton, a ton of feedback uh, about that question, whether Pruitt is on the hot seat. I personally said no because I don't think, frankly, I don't think Tennessee's going to have the money to fire anybody this year uh, with coronavirus and everything. They've been t- publicly speaking about the deficit that the university as a whole has suffered recently, and it's devastating. So, um, I don't think you're really going to have the money unless you have a donor that steps up, which is possible, I guess. But uh, the money's going to have to come from somewhere other than revenue. I mean, you're not selling tickets. Things just aren't the same this year. You're not. You don't have as much tuition money. What? That's for another podcast. But um, that's my general take on it. But I, I say, you know, per se, you lose this Arkansas game and things just slide downhill. The team's head's not in the right place. He loses the team, and it just gets away from Pruitt. And you end up with a three and seven season. We're gonna have some tough, some tough off season conversations. Uh, I'll put it that way, and that's probably kind because I think we we all are part of Vol, I guess Vol Twitter, the Vol fandom, uh, and we all know how we act. <laughs> we all see it. It won't be pretty, and so this game is huge and it's looming large and. I, this quote, going all the way back to the original point, this quote with, we've worked very little on Arkansas. At the end of the day, I, this is just a quote. Jeremy Pruitt is not going to reveal, oh, we've been watching exact tape of Felipe Franks, this particular thing that he does, and we're going to be, sp-. he's not going to say any of that stuff. You know Pruitt's not going to say any of that, but it's, and while at the same time, yeah, Tennessee does need to work on itself. It's ugly. This team's not good. This team's not good at football. Whatever happened in the second half of the Georgia game, their spirit just got crushed. It's <laughs> Georgia's the the monsters in Space Jam where they just went in and they sucked everything out of Tennessee, took their ability, just whatever it was. I mean, they Tennessee didn't just lose to Georgia once. They lost to Georgia three times. I guess you were probably going to lose to Alabama anyway. So at a minimum, they beat you twice. They beat you in the Georgia game, and they beat you the next week against Kentucky. And so Tennessee needs to get its mojo back. I'm with Pruitt on that. you got to fix yourself before you start worrying about other stuff. At the same time, be careful with those quotes, Pruitt, that sound butchy. (laughs) You just don't want to go down that road. Don't, uh, Because if you lose, you're going to make it hard on yourself anyway. Don't make it harder on yourself 
like Butch used to by going into a press conference saying dumb stuff. But I just want to talk about that up front, lay a little groundwork before we get into the midseason grades for everybody. Uh, but let's just go ahead and get to that. The midseason grades for all of the different position groups and the coaches. And we can just start right where I think everybody is really thinking about uh, in in this bye week. As I said, we haven't been able to have media practices, so we're not totally sure exactly what Pruitt might be scheming behind the scenes. I get the feeling just with what we've seen so far, it's going to be Jared for until Jared. I say until Jared blows it, but Jared blows it and then Pruitt puts in JT Shroud for one drive, JT Shroud blows it, and then we're right back to Jared, and Jared can keep screwing up, and he'll stay in the game. So I don't really know what it will take for Pruitt to replace JG. I don't. It, whatever it is, Pruitt and Chaney and whoever is making that decision, they have just kind of said, we got to, the, the options behind this guy just aren't as good. It's hard for me to believe that. But that's where we're at as far as that situation goes. Uh, but a grade for Jarrett. Let's look at his uh, his exact stats. And I had him up here. Let's see if I can get them back up here. Here we go. Passing. And Jarrett so far on the season, 135 attempts, 83 completions, 61.5% completion percentage. For 914 yards, a QB rating of 128.58, 182 yards, or 183 yards per game, I apologize. Six touchdowns, three interceptions. The only other quarterback with any other significant stats, Harrison Bailey, he had four attempts, one completion. That's 25% completion percentage for 24 yards. It was a really nice pass to Malachi Weidman, but the, the others... Um, we just have one pass from Brian Maurer. It was complete for a single yard. Uh, and JT Shroud had one other attempt, and it was an interception. So uh, the quarterbacks to me, I mean, it's a D. You're failing. The quarterbacks, it's, and I almost don't even put it on JG or, or anybody. I put it on the coaches. How do you not have a guy that's ready at this point? I mean, it's specifically Jared. How has he not progressed in five seasons? Progressed to just being even passable. I mean, the kid is just his, he just can't get down the timing of throws. That's never going to happen if it hasn't happened already. Um, He wasn't making dumb mistakes. He was kind of showing that he was over that hill, and then all of a sudden he's throwing interceptions, you know, two pick sixes in a row and just ugly stuff. Um. And so, you know, he's no longer the the quarterback with no mistakes. So he's making mistakes, and he can't make a lot of throws because his timing is off. He can chuck it downfield, I'll say that. He can get the ball in the general vicinity of a receiver so that Josh Palmer can go up and get a 50-50 ball. He can do that, sure. Uh, sometimes he'll, he'll throw a pass up, hit a guy going, going long, streaking, you know, a, a four verticals, and he'll hit a guy in stride, and it looks really nice, and you go, hey! Huh, look at this. This kid can throw. And then, you know, the very next possession, he does nothing. And I hate that. You know, obviously, it's it's just business with Jared. He's a great kid who's been extremely loyal to Tennessee. 
who has stuck it. Oh my gosh, he stuck it out through thick and thin. I st- frankly, I don't know why he's still here. Why he's taking this this beating that he does always for Tennessee. And God bless him, but he's just it's plain and simple. He's not good. He's not a good quarterback. He's not he's not going to win you the games that you need him to win if you're Jeremy Pruitt. And yet Jeremy Pruitt is not willing to in a game situation. Again, not totally sure what he's doing at practice. I assume he's giving these other guys their full chances. The The report was that really Harrison Bailey has never gotten a full shot until a couple weeks ago when he was sort of the starter in a, a JV scrimmage of sorts. Uh, and then he ended up coming in the, the following week at, in garbage time. But I, I don't see Pruitt giving anybody a fair shake. You're down by 30 to Alabama. Down by... 30, and you put Jarrett back in the game. When you could be just for for posterity, trying to see what you have. And you put Brian Maurer in for one drive. He made a really nice play with his feet and attempted one pass. What is that? That's not telling you anything. That's not telling you anything. I don't get that strategy at all. And I don't know if, if it's Cheney who's getting to just skip over giving other quarterback shots. I don't know if it's Pruitt overriding Cheney. I don't know where exactly this is coming from, but I can say this. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Give these other kids a try. What are we doing? As I said, I expect Jared to be the starter against Arkansas. I think it's... Unless Jared becomes some kind of revelation, let's be honest, five and a half years in now, or I guess halfway through his fifth year, so four and a half years. Uh, he is who we, who we thought he is. He's just not going to get better. And it's frustrating to watch. And again, I, I, feel, I feel for Jared Garantano more than I want to criticize the kid. But I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and be like, well, if Jared does this and he does this. Yeah, if Jared did all of that for the last four and a half years, he would have been the guy that leads Tennessee to an SEC's title, but he's not. He's not. And we all know it. And so, here we are in the the bye week in the exact middle of the season in 2020 in Jared's fifth season, and he's still not really the guy, and... And there should, there should be, in my opinion, a completely open quarterback competition. There's been some chatter that Brian Maurer, after all of this talk was around, that he might transfer. There was an erroneous report from another outlet that actually said he's going to transfer. Then Brian Maurer on Twitter said, uh, this is false. I'm not going to transfer. And that those guys had to delete the story they wrote um, and retract it. And, I, and he went... The chatter is he went from a story being written that he's going to transfer to maybe being the number two guy because Harrison Bailey's not ready and JT Shroud just chucks in an interception when he got into the game. Um, so, I, as I said, kind of your guess is as good as mine. I, from what I've seen of Pruitt and, and Shaney and sort of what's happening here. And I don't know what's going on with Chris Winky. In my opinion, he shouldn't be on his staff anymore in some sense. Haven't seen a shred of improvement out of Jared. And honestly, I haven't seen enough from the other quarterbacks to even see if they've improved. So that's that. Um, 
But as of right now, what is Chris Wingy even doing? Why are you on this staff? I guess recruiting. He has a nice recruiting pipeline. He came from IMG Academy. But like, I outside of that, may, is that so useful? Is it so useful to have a recruiting pipeline to IMG that you're willing to overlook the fact that your quarterbacks aren't getting better? Is that Cheney's fault? Is What's going on there? But it's extremely frustrating to watch. I hope that they opened up the quarterback competition. Hope everybody gets a fair shot. And frankly, I hope it's Harrison Bailey or Brian Maurer when we see. And we've already, I guess, two podcasts ago, Zach and I went through this and talked about why, frankly, it would just be more advantageous for Pruitt to do that. If you're going to lose these games anyway, if you're probably going to lose to Auburn, if you're probably going to lose to that A&M, if you're probably going to lose to Florida, just play the kid who's going to get you less heat. You're going to get so much more heat playing Jarek Garantano. So much more than if you went with the second option and that just doesn't work because people will go, well, we were going to lose anyway. I just, the whole situation is baffling. Like I said, it's it's a D right now. It's not a passing grade. It's not even an average grade. The The quarterback position has been uh, unacceptable. For the first two games, it was C plus to a B minus. And then for the next three games, it was, I guess, really the the first half of the Georgia game, Jarek gets a, a passing grade. And then after that, I mean, it just got nuked, whatever happened. But that's, I kind of leave that there. The, we could talk circles around that, I think. But that's the quarterback situation with the running backs. Uh, the Is it an emergence at this point? I guess just the general play of Eric Gray has showed he's a really dynamic, really fun player who's going to make a lot of big plays for you. He needs to be used as much as possible on the season so far. 79 attempts, 355 yards, two touchdowns, four and a half yards per carry, 71 yards a game. He's a nice all-purpose back. He can catch the ball. He He's useful. Uh, on screen passes. I mean, the the kid's just awesome. He's going to be one of the best running backs in the SEC, probably one of the best running backs in, in the country by the time his career is coming to a close at Tennessee. Um, Ty Chandler, 62 attempts, 275 yards, 4.44 yards per carry. And then Jabari Small, uh, who has been a nice little, uh, I, I guess, uh, emergence there. He's not going to get a ton of play. Uh, just because he's sort of the tertiary guy. He's the third guy. Um, but, you know, 11 attempts, 47 yards, 4.27 yards per carry from a true freshman uh, who just has come in at spots and, and really kind of flashed, and that's nice. On the whole, I I, I guess i give him, you know, right on a B because they're really the <laughs> the brightest part of your offense, just in, in some sense because um, – in a lot of the games so far, they've just been the main part of the offense that works. Because you you have been able to run downhill. You have been able to get Eric Gray in space. They've made plays, and that's cool. And that's kind of the long and the short of it. I, I would like to see Tennessee get a power back in the pipeline and have somebody like that come in, like a real powerful, I mean, obviously this is a real big ass, but like a, a Derrick Henry type. You know, I don't think anybody's going to just be Derrick Henry, but... Um, that type where you can get at the goal line and you can just say, give it to that guy for five yards out, you know you're getting a touchdown. That would be nice to see. But uh, as far as what you're looking at on this offense, 
this is the the set of guys that I have the least complaints about. So we can go uh, to the wide receivers, and and this also I put them right at a C, C plus. We're just average. Um, Josh Palmer has made plays. Uh, 19 yard, no, sorry, 19 receptions for 295 yards, four touchdowns. I mean, obviously, he's the guy on offense that scored the most touchdowns for you um, in those skill positions. Brandon Johnson has showed, it seems like he's a, he's a pretty good senior leader for the team. He's a real hype man. You can kind of see he brings a lot of energy. Um, 13 receptions, 155 yards. And then the funnest freshman, Jalen Hyatt, uh, has has emerged five receptions for 134 yards and a touchdown kids electric. And I think he's going to be a killer for you in the future. You've seen Ramel Keaton, seven receptions, 59 yards, uh, Valus Jones, jr. He transferred from USC has come through, uh, nine receptions for 58 yards in a general sense. Like, yeah, it's just, ah, that's not bad. They're, they're doing what you need them to do. If, this is a big if Jared can get them the ball. and Or anybody, if a quarterback can get them the ball. And that has been the main problem, <laughs> frankly. So it's it's been a tough road to hoe for these guys, but all things considered, Josh Palmer's come through. He's being the dude that you need him to be. No, he is not Jawan Jennings where he is a vocal leader that's pushing guys, that is not just not just making good plays himself, but making the guys around him better. Josh Palmer's not that guy. He's pretty quiet. He makes the plays and and just goes and kind of does his job. Um, and I would say this about the offense in general. It needs so badly the leadership that Jawan Jennings brought so badly. A focusing character, a, a guy that other guys can look to when things get tough, and that guy will look them in the face and say, "We're gonna stick it out. We're, you know, this isn't the end. We're gonna go out and win this game." And I, I'm not sure if they don't have that guy. I hope they do. If they do, <laughs> that guy needs to step it up <laughs> with his leadership. But just in a general sense, yeah, just average. Let's say C plus. For, for the wide receivers. And then probably the toughest one on the offense for me, your offensive line, where, you know, there were such high expectations, especially after Cade Mays got his approval. His first game back, he just didn't look good. And he's been passable since. They've... Since they got rocked against Georgia, they've looked better in the last two games. But that's relative to the last two games. So I would say like C- minus for them. Are they failing? No, the run game has been pretty good. Pass pro has not been great. And so I, I just look at the set of guys. Four former five stars. Uh, really good senior leadership in Trey Smith, who, I mean, if I look at the offense as a whole, that's the guy that I would like to see being that leader that I mentioned earlier, but he's he's on the offensive line. He's not under center. He's not a skilled guy. Um, he's in the trenches, and while he is definitely an amazing team leader, I hey, maybe, maybe he does 
just need to step it up even more. I, I think he's an excellent kid. He's dang it, he's just a good kid. But there's only so much that you can do from the offensive line. You know, Trey Smith doesn't have the ball in his hands. And so, um, yeah, C C minus. Disappointing. Below slightly below average, where I just go, why are you not better? Is this Will Friend's fault? Should we be blaming him? Kind of as I, you know, obviously I gave a lot of grief to Chris Winkie earlier. Should we be looking side-eye at Will Friend? Because uh, he had gotten a lot of a lot of praise for some of the the line play early on in the season where people went, man, they look really good, especially that Missouri game. They were just steamrolling. And it all fell apart. Uh, I, is it the coaching? Hey, well, if it is, I hope Pruitt is addressing it. I hope that they're using this bye week uh, to have a little come to Jesus uh, time about it, and hopefully the the offensive line uh, gets gets their act back together because uh, it's yeah, I mean it's just slightly below average. That's kind of the best kind of kindest I can be about it. Moving to the defensive side of the ball for the defensive line. They're they're right in that same C minus D plus. You're on the edge of not being adequate, but you have had moments uh, because you you know you have uh, you have had a guy like DeAndre Johnson who has, has stepped up and brought three and a half tackles for loss for you. Henry Toa has had five tackles for loss, but of course that's linebackers. Um, but on, on that defensive line, I just got to see more. It's kind of that simple, frankly. They've been okay against the run. They have been not good at getting, getting into the backfield. DeAndre Johnson has been the one bright spot, and he hasn't been consistent. He got booted uh, early out of the Georgia game, if I remember that. Frankly, I'm remembering that off the top of my head. I apologize if it was a different game. I'm pretty sure it's a George game. But anyway, um, so I got to see more. That's that's bottom line there. Just work hard. And obviously, things weren't working in Pruitt's eyes. Things were not working with the defensive line because Jimmy Brumbaugh uh, got booted out of town, the defensive line coach. And Pruitt has apparently taken over uh, the helm of the defensive line. So maybe we will see those guys kind of get a, a kick in the pants starting with this Arkansas game uh, with, with Pruitt heading them up. Maybe we'll see that. You know, that's the best that I can give you as of right now because I, I can't really give an assessment of exactly how that will go with Pruitt having to be the head coach and kind of this de facto, suddenly the de facto defensive line coach with the creative differences because of the creative differences that he had with Jimmy Brumbaugh. Here we are. Um, but I got to see more. And then moving to the linebackers, it's kind of the same thing. I would I would give them at a, it's this tough, at a C, because in terms of uh, attack on the ball and and chasing after guys kind of being all over the field, especially like Henry Toto, they've been pretty adequate at that. But their defense of passes has been abysmal. Abysmal. They look lost out there. As good as Henry Toto has looked at times in coverage, it's not there. And so 
Kind of with the defensive line. This is just true. It's true of the whole defense. More. More. Come on. Step it up. There, there has been some moments. Ty, Tyler Barron at, at linebacker, freshman, has flashed at times, and you go like, okay, the future is probably bright at this position, and that's nice. Um, is Brian Niedermeyer doing what's really required of, of this to, to move these guys? I would say it, it seems like they've been fine, but to move these guys forward as much as they need to be moved forward because it's just a pretty young uh, unit, and that it's just tough to to watch sometimes <laughs> with how much they get whipped specifically across the middle. I mean, just where the line, coverage from linebackers should be the focal point. They're kind of nowhere to be found sometimes, and Tennessee has gotten murdered over the middle. You also bring in the DBs to that discussion, and, and we can kind of bring in them, them too. I mean, I go C minus, D plus, you're... It, it has to, has to, has to get better. It's been below average play. Uh, it was it, it was good enough against South Carolina and Missouri, specifically Missouri. You, you know, you had you held them to 12 points. And then starting in the second half of Georgia, keep going back to it, it's just kind of been a wreck since then. I mean, you, you let Kentucky score, I, I believe, what? 20 offensive points at, and that in subsequent weeks, Kentucky's offense has just been garbage. Kentucky scored 10 points against Missouri, three points against Georgia. And you let them score 20 and then 14 defensive points. And it's just, that's just not, not acceptable. So in a, in a general sense with the defense, just right at C, C minus, some places going down to like a D plus. It's not there. Get better. And obviously, the bulk of these grades come from the last three weeks. And the last three weeks have just been nothing but sadness for Tennessee. Um, and I am obviously in some sense speaking with some recency bias. Because if you had me do this exact ranking after the Missouri win, I would be a lot kinder. They had been playing better in those games. And then all of a sudden, they got monstarred in the second half of the Georgia game, and just the life has been sucked out of them completely, and they haven't showed that they have a pulse for basically three games. And so I, I just kind of have to call it how I see the The three games that they lost cover more of the season than the two games that they won. And so I'm going to take from that, uh, you know, the more lengthy amount of time that I've seen uh, and just say, hey, you played two and a half good games and two and a half just steaming garbage fire games. <laughs> so so um, that is where we're at. And that, that's my grades. For, for the players, again, all business, nothing personal with these guys. I think some people hear our, hear our analysis. Yeah, it can be harsh at times. It's all just, I, I'm just telling you how I see it. It hasn't been there. The team's not good right now. Uh, hopefully, they turn the corner with this bye week. They get refreshed during this bye week. They, you know, they can find a renewed pass rush. They can find new life at the quarterback position, whether that's with JG or somebody else. They they can find inspiration at the skill positions on offense. They can find inspiration guarding the middle of the field on defense. Good lord, please stop getting slashed on 
slant passes. It's so bad. Uh, but hopefully they find a renewed sense of purpose in this um, this bye week because that's you have a chance to do it. And I've already said it. This Arkansas game is just so massive. It, I, I think it probably dictates how the rest of the season goes. It would be really demoralizing to lose. You're not going to gain a ton by winning. It's going to be good. And, and you'll feel better about yourself for sure. But losing would be crushing. Uh, to lose to a first-year coach in Sam Pittman, that's not a road that you want to go down. And so just don't. And that'll I'll end by grading the coaches. And it's a, it's a D. D minus. A, a failing grade. Is it just a total F? But thus far, you are failing. Obviously, you you don't have a winning record. You're two and three. That's a failure for coach. The straight out, flat out, two and three. That's a failure. You have lost more games than you have won. Pruitt is not doing a good job. Yeah, you had an impressive game where you wiped the floor with Missouri, and Missouri has had other games where they looked kind of impressive. Uh, they beat LSU. They beat Kentucky, who wiped the floor with Tennessee. Um, but why? Harness that energy and carry it over. But just some of the stuff that I see, specifically with like effort plays and just the general effort out of the players in the last two games predominantly, I have had moments where I just look and I go, the guy's hearts are not in this. They look disinterested. And that is coaching. And that is horrific. And that is a failure. Okay? It's bad. And I know Pruitt and none of his staff are listening to this. But per se, they do. It's bad. Fix it. I don't know what you have to do to pull motivation out of these guys. But come on. this How are you going to be disinterested in the Alabama game? It's pure hate. It may, you know, maybe Pruitt's a, a Bama guy. He doesn't want them to be hyped. And that's a conspiracy theory. Pruitt is paid plenty of money to be motivated to be Tennessee's coach. Don't I didn't say that he's a he's a he's a secret bammer. No, uh, uh-uh. he's a professional. But what's going on? I that is I I should be saying, yeah, they're giving one hundred and ten percent effort and they're losing. I should not be saying they look disinterested. They look like they don't want to be there. This is terrible. Because that is completely on the coaches. It is your job to get these guys' heads in the game and be prepared, and they have not been prepared. And then, of course, I mean, I go to factors like, why are you not giving another quarterback an in-game, in-game shot? Anybody can look good in practice against air, in a controlled practice, especially against... This defense. Because it's not like they've been world beaters. There has just been things about this where I just think, what is happening? It's baffling. Why is this the way that it is? Why isn't Jared better? Get it together, Chris Winkie. Why why are we still having this discussion? And, and I would say if Pruitt, if Jared's not the guy, why do you not already have the next guy lined up? It's your three. Get it together. So many questions 
and, and I don't want to just rant like this. It has been the bye week, and, and I hope they use it as a positive reset. And I don't mean to be this negative, but look, you're 2-3. and three, And you're coming up to a game that if you lose it, things can go downhill extremely fast and really be ruinous. And a, you know, a three-win season, a four-win season, that's you don't want that ugly offseason with a cloud hanging over your program. It's not good for anybody's. Not good for the coaches, but it's especially not good for the players to just have that pressure of like, and it's hard for recruiting too, because you have that pressure where these, these high school kids aren't idiots. They watch the news. They know that you're on the hot seat. They know that if you don't get it done this coming season, the coach that recruited them may not still be there. And it just creates a whole set of problems that Tennessee does not need right now. So please, 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 Use this bye week and beat Arkansas. And then let's move into a quick, a very quick Arkansas preview, and I'll give you uh, a uh, my prediction for the games. Arkansas's quarterback is Felipe Franks, who Tennessee has seen at Florida. Franks has been uninspired, but better, far better than what Tennessee has seen out of its quarterback play. 159 attempts, 105 completions, 66% completion percentage for 1,213 yards. That's good for 7.6 yards per attempt, 11 touchdowns to three interceptions. Um, And so it's been good enough to win them uh, the, the two games that they have won, which were against Ole Miss. And Ole Miss, they're they they were able to stop enough Ole Miss's extremely explosive offense. They held them to 21 points, and then Arkansas also beat Mississippi State 21-14. Also, they lost to Auburn 30 to 28. They lost to Georgia 37 to 10 in the first game of the season, where Georgia looked lost for half of that game. And then they just most recently they lost to Texas A&M 42 to 31. And so you're coming into this game. Again, hopefully with a, a renewed sense of self. Um, I I would put it this way. Arkansas is, on paper, not as good as Tennessee. But if I'm comparing them, I think Arkansas is the better team right now. That's sad to say, the fact that Arkansas has a, a first-year coach and a guy who was just a position coach uh, at Georgia. Sam Pittman was their offensive line coach. But obviously Sam Pittman, a, a veteran's veteran in college football. He's been around for forever and a day. But this game just has a truth hanging over it. And it's a bit of a cloud for Tennessee. That is, you probably should win this game. Tennessee is a three-point favorite on the road in, in Fayetteville. Um, they're a three-point favorite currently uh actually they started as a three-point favorite the line is down to a point and a half so it's almost a toss-up game which that's where i would put it this is a toss-up game arkansas has paid better opponents and beaten better opponents i think old miss is better than any team that tennessee has beaten and arkansas uh, took them down at the same time on paper you're the better team but what tennessee has to get figured out is such an unknown right now that it's tough for me to almost project what's going to happen here. The quarterback play has to be better. The quarterback play has to be good to win this game, and I have no idea what the quarterback play is going to be like. Yeah, Jarrett was passable against Alabama. He was not the main problem for Tennessee in that game. Okay, fine. But 
would that performance that he put on at Alabama be good enough uh, to beat a team that you're playing that's really a toss-up? I don't know. Is Maurer the move? Is Harrison Bailey the move? Where are we going? What are we doing? Because as has been true for almost Pruitt's entire career at Tennessee, this team goes as the quarterback goes. The defense, while it has not been good and we need to see much more from them, has been good enough, generally speaking. And I think that will be true again in this game. Arkansas's offense is not amazing. They have put up a decent amount of points, 33 against Ole Miss, 31 against Texas A&M, 21 against Mississippi State, and then 10 against probably the best defense in America and Georgia. Um, So there's certainly no slouches. Felipe Franks has beaten you in the past. Um, In 2017, at Florida, the Hail Mary. But I'll just go ahead and predict give you the prediction I think Tennessee loses I do I hate to say it I truly truly do but Tennessee's head is just not in the right place and I don't feel like the the turnaround that we saw last year and of course I felt this same exact way last year I felt like the the ship was sailed like we were (laughs) through three games I thought Tennessee was gonna have to find a new coach before that season was even over and then Pruitt ripped off eight straight wins cool but Specifically, this is why. I'm just not sure they're going to turn the corner. Juwan Jennings. Tennessee last year, when they turned the corner, they had Juwan Jennings. He was a consummate, true, vocal, exciting, electric leader. Tennessee doesn't have that this year. They just don't. Henry Toto, fun guy on defense. I think he's going to be a consummate team leader for these guys. He's not yet. He, he is. I mean, he's good. He's a good kid that makes good plays and and does what he needs to do most of the time. Trey Smith, amazing kid. Ball for life. God love him. He's not Juwan Jennings in that way. And when it comes to leadership on the field, the hype that he brings, the motivation, what I said where he... Yes, Trey makes the guys around him better in that he can lay monster blocks and clear a, a path a mile wide for running backs and, and you know provide nice pass protection. Sure. But that, that leadership that Tennessee needs right now, that spark, I where is it? You got to find it. Hopefully they do. I can keep saying that over and over and over again. Hopefully they found it during the bye week. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. But that's the best I can give you. I hope they find it. My score prediction, I'll say 28-24. Arkansas wins. Maybe Tennessee has a lead in the third quarter, 24-21, and then Arkansas scores a winning touchdown. Something like that. Um, Although, frankly, that prediction says Tennessee will score a decent amount of of points. And Arkansas's defense has has left some to be desired. I uh, gave a 42 to Texas A&M, but Texas A&M is, is no slouch, and we're going to have to talk about them here soon. Uh, they're coming to Neyland Stadium. But uh, the the total defense for Arkansas, Tennessee is the number nine defense in the SEC. Arkansas is the 10th. Let's look at, at the offensive rankings. Tennessee is the number 12 offense. 
Arkansas is the number 10. I mean, they're just they're hanging out in the same stratosphere in both. And when it's a toss-up like this, Arkansas has a quarterback that's beaten Tennessee in his career. I just, I got it. I got to go with the prediction. I'm sorry. I want to predict Tennessee to win. Please prove me wrong. Please, please, please prove me wrong. Arkansas 28, Tennessee 24. That's what I'll say. Gonna have so many people that don't listen anymore because how pessimistic this has been. I'm sorry. I wish Tennessee was playing better. Then I wouldn't have to be pessimistic like this. And let's finish with what is probably going to be uh, more pessimistic talk. <laughs> but um, I put up a poll on, on Twitter earlier tonight. Uh, this is Sunday night. That'll uh, come out on Monday morning of game week. And, and let's hope the, the election is this week. Let's hope everything goes smoothly there and there's not too much. That, that we all make it to Saturday okay with the election coming up. I'll slip that in there uh, and go vote if you haven't. But um, I asked, we're halfway through the season and Tennessee is 2-3. and three. What do you think their final record will be? 4% said 7-3. and three. Not much faith there. I agree. 16%, 6 and 4. Now that was my prediction earlier in the season. We asked we uh asked the same exact question. My prediction was 6 and 4 at that point. Again, I agree with the limited amount of of choices for 6 and 4 here. I don't think that's the case. 37% fi- said 5 and 5. And then the for the majority, 43% said 4 and 6 or worse. My current prediction, as I said, it was 6 and 4 before, it's 4 and 6. Because I look at, at the remaining number of games. You have what amounts to a toss-up with Arkansas. I really hope Tennessee pulls it out, and I am wrong. Please, please make me wrong. Texas A&M, as of right now, that's a loss. Auburn, closer to a toss-up. Uh, Auburn has looked pedestrian at times also. They beat the living tar out of LSU this past weekend, and maybe they're turning a corner. But... I'm not going to call that a toss-up. Auburn's favored, but you could win. You should beat Vandy the next week. You should beat Vandy. Florida, that's a loss. So my current prediction is Tennessee finds a way to nab another game that's not Vandy among, as of right now with my prediction, among Texas A&M, Auburn, or Florida. Um, If I had to guess, it would be Auburn. Probably biased because Pruitt has already beaten Auburn at Auburn. Um in his career at Tennessee, but, and, and I guess my response is where does, where does that leave us? And, and I'll, I'll go to some of uh, the, the responses to the tweet here that, that y'all had, and then talk about that question. Dan TN one nine, six, five said poor execution on both sides of the ball, lack of development and poor leadership by the coaches. 2020 is a cluster. Um, and I assume that he said something. I, I said, tell me why you chose what you chose. That's what he said. I assume he probably chose four and six. Uh, Keith Brown said, lack of continuity amongst the coaches, leading to disunity in the locker room and an inferior product on the field. Again, I assume he probably said four and six. Uh, Chance Buchanan says, Pruitt has made JG his ride or die. Regardless of his other QB, the O-line flashes, but is overall shaky. The defense needs more work, especially a corner and middle linebacker besides Henry T. Henry T still needs some work. He has flubbed some tackles, and again, his coverage is not great. Uh, plus, the only other wins I see could be Arkansas and Vandy. Generally speaking, I 
I'm right there with you. I feel very, very similar to that. Skylar Hyatt said, I'll say six and four. I love being heartbroken, and I think Pruitt will rally the troops again after the bye and lose to UF. Please, that would be amazing. I genuinely hope that that is the the outcome. Uh, I would like to be Florida more than I, I would love beating Florida more than I'd love certain relatives of mine. I mean, my gosh. But if you had to be six and four, and that's the way you got there, okay, fine. Um, but uh, a little bit of optimism there. And, hey, a win against Arkansas could propel you there. I'll just say that. A win against Arkansas could propel you there. And I, I hope that it does, but let's go from there. James Cantor says... Three and seven, offense is horrid. Defense can't cover or tackle. No defensive pressure, no difference makers on offense, and a fourth-year quarterback that still makes horrible decisions. Lack of coaches who can develop any talent. Extremely pessimistic from James. Fishing Ball says three and seven. DR Ball says, because, of course, one, Arkansas A&M and Auburn are now hitting their stride. Florida is our daddy and number one dual threat QB. JG is our starter. Football sucks. Um, like I said, I, I warned you this was going to be a bit of a pessimistic, uh, but this is Vol, Vol Twitter at its finest here. I mean, I love all you, all these guys. I'll say thank you, thank you, thank you for responding. Um, I'm a, a giant pessimist too. So, you know, I, I need Zach. Zach really needs to be here to flatten me out, to flatten out my pessimism because <laughs> I'm uh, – I yeah, I'll just wallow in it. But um, – Trenton Duffer says four and six wins against Auburn, who will be looking ahead to Alabama and then Vandy. This is exactly how I feel. Uh, definitely don't trust the offense, but by the but by the Auburn game, I think there will be a new established QB. Arkansas and AM will be close. Florida a blowout. I'm kind of right there. Um, hope for the best against Arkansas AM. Hope for the best against Auburn. You should absolutely beat Vandy. Um, Florida, you're not on Florida's level. As of right now, you're not. Um, come out and show us more, but you're not. And that sucks. Tennessee is just not there. Um, Adam Cox, 5-5. Five and five. Pruitt gets the team back on track for the bye week. Also, more experienced younger guys will continue to contribute more. I like the optimism there. That That is my, uh, my wish, is that you can get the leadership out of these young guys. So if you, if you have this leadership vacuum right now or whatever it is however it's manifesting itself guys just get disgruntled when you lose um hopefully that can be filled by some of these young guys because you need it i mean if you can get these guys being leaders young like henry toto is if you can get them being a leader young freshman sophomore man that's huge it's absolutely huge because and let me say if henry toto is he there yet in that leadership role not quite will he get there in my opinion absolutely he's a he's an nfl player he's gonna play in the nfl in the future so um, uh, I'll make this one, uh, the, the final one, Joe Taylor. He says five and five. I truly believe Arky Auburn Vandy are winnable games. It's going to be a tall task to beat A&M in Florida. I want to see them compete with those teams though. That would be nice. If you're going to go five and five, you have to, have to, have to be competitive with the teams that you lose to. Do not get blown out again. Cause that's been, that's easily right now. The biggest knock on Pruitt. He keeps getting blasted by the teams that he loses to, including Kentucky. He loses by 30 to Kentucky. He wins close games. Like, that's that's kind of become his thing when it's coming down to the wire. Pruitt is pretty good at winning close games. 
But when he loses, man, he loses by a lot. 48-17 Alabama, 34-7 to Kentucky, 44-21 to Georgia, and that's just this season. He does not like to lose close. You gotta be competitive. The one that I look at is Florida because that's that's your arch enemy. That's your as of right now, what you're trying to get to is where Florida's at. You wanna be that sucks. That's where we're at. You have to be competitive in that game. You have to. Ugh. If you're not like I, I mentioned it earlier, it's gonna be a tough off season. So this Arkansas game, very, very important. My current prediction is Tennessee won't pull it out, but please, Tennessee, go out there and prove me wrong. Please, 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 please. I've said it too many times already on the show. Please prove me wrong. I want to, I so badly want to be wrong. Come on. I think that's it. I did, how long has this been? 59 minutes. I just sat here and talked to myself. What an. What a narcissist I am. Maybe I just like talking to myself, so what? Maybe that's why I did radio. Who knows? I'm Charlie Burris. Zach will be back on the next one. At Charlie underscore Burris. At Zach TNT. At A to Z Sports. Facebook.com slash A to Z Sports Nashville. A to Z Sports Nashville dot com. That's uh, the oh the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed. Re- review, subscribe, go over there. iTunes, Spotify, hit it up. Follow us if you enjoy the show. Uh, you won't have to listen to me for a full hour next week. That's the good news. Man, please let us have a positive show next week. I'm Titan. I'm a Titans fan, man. They crushed my soul today. Losing to the Bengals. <sighs> Why? Why do I do this to myself? I don't know. I gotta stop watching sports. <laughs> no, we'll we'll talk about it next week. We'll see what happens. Go out and prove me wrong, Tennessee. Let's do it. Turn the corner again. I will take it. We'll all will be forgiven. Just turn the corner. Ah, uh, that's it. Charlie Burris, thanks so 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 much for listening. It means the world to me. Uh, and we will talk to all of y'all next week. Peace out.